So it was like 16 engines all tied into one another. They had to be geared because different ones could handle different RPMs. They had to be all be geared differently up and down to get all the engines to work in unison. And it's got 16. <laughs> I don't, I don't close, even want to know, close man. Close the bathroom door, Brittany. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> I'm asking all the questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. We haven't that talked about happened. Jared on this show for a while either. <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't had many. Uh, <laughs> well, Adam, if you haven't been officially welcomed to the Five Diddy podcast, <laughs> you have now. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Bikers Podcast, presented by Memphis Shades, the clear choice for custom windshields and bearings for your motorcycle, and wild-ass seats, stay in the saddle longer and in total comfort no matter your butt or budget. Are you following the Five Dirty Bikers on social media? Find us on Facebook and look us up on Instagram and TikTok at Five Dirty Bikers. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. New week, new guests, new show. Today we have on Adam Sandoval, returning guest of the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Adam, nice to see you again. Man, good to be back on with you guys. So how's your body feeling, dude? You've been doing a lot this summer. And yeah. e- even after your, your your big trek for the for the 120th, how, how are you feeling? Um, I am ready for winter. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired. <laughs> uh, but I've had probably one of my biggest years in in a long time, probably yeah. since 2017, 16, I, I had a really big year and, um, a lot of good came from it. Yeah, for sure. So not really fresh off the tracks of the one twentieth ride to raise money for wounded warrior, but you know, we're kind of in the wake of it now. Mm-hmm. How did you feel overall with the outcome? We know you raised, your goal was to raise a half a million, right? Mm-hmm. You ended up with 600,000. 623,000. Yeah. Being, yeah. So wow. how, how do you feel after doing it? It had to be totally worth it and then some. Oh, yeah, 100% worth it. Um, I, I just, I was a, astonished at how many people showed up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, this this ride on the social media and, you know, you know I, I mean, I asked for it, I guess, because I put it out there. But when I first started this, I never planned on on being like a social media personality, Um I was just on a mission to ride to every Harley Davidson dealership in 2014 and wanted to raise money for veterans. So knew I had to share it on social media to get the money raised. And I ended up in this position and it's a wild ride. And, um, you know, people ask me all the time, how you get in this position and how do you do it? Or what, what's the key? And I'm like, bro, I I don't know. I, I, it was, I fell into it by accident. It was just all natural. Um, and I started to feel before this campaign, uh, truthfully, I started to feel very um, irrelevant. Like, you know, you got a shelf life in this game. And I really felt like I was at the end of my shelf life. Um, hmm. You know, my, my accomplishment, my big, even though I do charity every year and I raise, you know, good money for charity every year without doubt. Um, I just mentally myself on myself, I guess I was just hard on myself. And I just, did, I just felt like maybe uh, my shelf life was towards the end. And then, 
the great American convoy. And I could not believe the people that showed up. And I, was I, like, I never would have thought no one, all the publicity, the thing got, you know, how, how much you were backed during the whole ride. Just, it was, there's, there's no way you could feel irrelevant after that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy. I, I, I just, I never expected it to go as good as it did. And yeah. it was just a very, it was very warming. So many people showed up. So many people gave so much of not only their money, but their energy, um, their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I needed so much help along that road and people showed up and gave it to me. You know, Adam, one of, one of the things that, that struck me when you said that just now is that I, I think two things about that. When you were talking about, you know, there being a shelf life and, and relevancy, um, there's two things I think that you've done a great job on that I think that's really um, helped you shift that relevancy. Number one is that you've you focused outside of um, writing a little bit more and, you know, your even your content changed. Right. Um, it, it became a little bit more of a blog style and uh, in the life of style, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, which keeps people interested because it keeps them inside what I would call inside your circle, right? People have a tendency to feel like they know you a little bit more, right? And I think the other thing that you did, which I think you did in an an ingenious way, is I think you crafted yourself as a motorcyclist and not a uh, Harley-specific motorcyclist. And and I think that that you had some growing pains there, and I think that you would probably agree to that, right? Right. But I think that you you made this really good shift into, you know, I'm a motorcyclist first and then the bike that I'm riding, I'm riding it because I choose to ride it at that period of time. Whatever tool it might be for the job that you're doing, whether it be your sportster that you're built and, and you know, ride the, the route that you rode on that. And, and I think all of those things, um, you know, where where maybe you felt that you were. Um, less relevant. I feel like in some ways you're, you're, you became more relevant. I just think that that relevance shifted away from what you felt like you were known for. And, uh, um, and so I, I don't know if that, if that means anything or if it resonates to you, but I, I, from my perspective, just, you know, as even as our podcast has grown and we've understood, you know, kind of what that looks like and that you can have an impact on the community that you don't even know you have, I think your relevance is is more now than it was when you were when you were riding all to those to all those dealerships. I just think it's different. That resonates for sure. Um, and and that journey uh, from becoming uh, the Harley Davidson guy with a Chihuahua to where I am today has been a really interesting journey. Um, I could have never predicted it to go the way it went, um, but it was definitely deliberate effort into crossing multiple brands. Um, I knew that was something I wanted to do. And, um, you know, my hand was kind of forced in some directions, but then I, I just embraced it. You know what I mean? And I said, okay, how do we make the most of this and how do we really show it? And, uh, and, and I feel like that I did execute well. And I feel like it kind of opened the door for more people to do that kind of thing. Now I'm seeing a lot of other, and I don't mean to say like, I'm the one I'm just saying, I think once I was able to pull it off successfully, it made other people feel comfortable to be like, hey, you know what? I really like this bike and I really like that bike mm-hmm. online and not feel so scrutinized. Because there was a time where, you know, if you wrote anything besides one brand, you were, you were, you know what I mean? You're, you're kind of cast out. And um, I, I agree with you. I think that that crossing those brands really, really uh, 
made a big difference for me for sure. Well, I think, you know, what you, what you do and what you've done transcends any of that stuff. I mean, you know, and I'll, I'll just say, you know, from the, from a member of the veterans community, the stuff that you do for us, brother, it's, you're, you're always relevant. Yeah. Thank you. And appreciated very much. And I think Adam's at the point now where he's got such a strong following, no matter what he does, he's gonna, everybody's gonna, gonna follow his lead and, and, dig whatever he's doing yeah I, I i agree and i think that i think that one of the things that that we learned and, and we've talked about it in our podcast is that you know um so many people take motorcycling so seriously and that's why we in our podcast we specifically we make fun of each other we make fun of ourselves we want people to remember that motorcycling is supposed to be fun right and so that's our how we feel like i think that we're contributing to this this culture right now well you know you're also by moving away from just the riding and having your campground you're leaving a mark or a legacy in motorcycling that's going to be there you know long after you're gone you know regardless of what happens with what with what you do with over social media you know you're you, you know you did something that you know no what none of us invented motorcycle camping right but what we what you've done and what people have started to embrace is the idea of you know what's old is new again you know think of all of the people that were out there riding that now have bought tents and strapped them onto their bikes and decided to you know sleep on the ground only because they they see other people doing it and and like i said none of us invented it right i mean pretty pretty much as soon as people started riding motorcycle they started camping on the side of the road so i mean you know by having a a motorcycle centric campground where you're saying listen it's a campground but the motorcycle shit that happens here is never going to be somebody knocking on your tent and saying you know, do that shit somewhere else. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and yeah. I and I think that and I think because we've all experienced that, right? You're you're welcome in the campground until you're not. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when you're when you're motorcycle camping and and we've gotten that just like pulling into a campground and you got 35 people staring at you because they feel like it's it's 10 o'clock at night and your motorcycle woke them up, right? It's a fucking campground. I mean, you know, we're all here. We're all here to have a good time. So well, some, some yeah. got rules, though, Ryan. Yeah, they got rules well, somewhere. Yeah, if your campground do, anyway. includes no noise, you better find another place to be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, True. Yeah. So all all the dealer, you 120 dealerships. Do you have any favorites you want you want to point out? Oh like, God. What, what were some of your favorites? I mean, I'm not going to get offended if you don't pick Ted's, but. <laughs> I, I, you know, um, yeah, there's just so many good ones. I mean, uh, Pharaoh did a great job. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Pig Trail Harley Davidson in Eureka Springs. You know, they really stood uh, behind me. Um, they were your first. They were your. Uh, that was a starting. That was a launching pad, wasn't it? Yeah. It's the launching pad. Yeah. It's where I bought the bike. It's it's uh, it's it. They they they've been a, a good ally of mine. Um, Ukes Harley Davidson in, in Milwaukee or just south of Milwaukee, which was our last stop. Um, they were amazing. I mean, there was just so many good ones. I hate to leave anybody out. I'd almost have to rattle off 108 dealerships. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, it was it was cool. It was cool to have you at Ted's, man. And I thought it was really cool that gentleman showed up with that eagle carving. You remember oh, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something he said he had for. 
I think 20 years and he said he wanted to to give it to the cause and we raised side money on the well he raised side money on the side for that yeah that was cool i wish i could have won that i think it was me cool. too i bought tickets i saw it, yeah i remember watching the video and i watched you hand the guy money yeah but no it was good it was good to do it uh, everybody at the dealership That's loved it uh we loved having you there and thanks for coming again it was it was cool to be selected as one of the dealerships yeah it, they were a good dealership. That was a good stop. You know, and, and that's the thing with this, you know, certainly the way that it, it went last time is, in, and my first time too, is that, you know, each one of these dealership stops is an individual negotiation, right? So, you know, people don't always understand what, what goes into something like this, but it's not like I signed a deal with Harley and Harley set up all these dealerships and said, this is where you're going, dealerships, this is what's going to happen. This no, I have to, you know, we have to reach out to each dealership individually. We have to deal with whoever's in charge of their marketing. And sometimes it's someone really good. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, you know, hey, the Motor Clothes Girls, guess what? You're in charge of marketing this month. You know what I mean? She's got no experience. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so so, so the, the caliber of dealerships um, and their involvement with not only the riding community, but professionalism and follow through and, you know, all that stuff is such a varying scale. Um, and so we did 120 fundraisers with 120 different Harley Davidson dealerships in 84 days. Mm-hmm. And that was an incredible amount of communication and back and forth and emails and phone calls and uh, everything else to get that working. So when you got dealerships like Ted's uh, that really get behind the ball and are organized and put together something really nice, uh, man, it takes a lot of stress off me and, and, and everybody with me. So you know, th- there was a wide variety of, of, of cooperation. Yeah. It was cool that and Ashley and, and your son were out. F- yeah. So it was, so I could meet them too. That's good kid. Your wife's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. Congrats on getting married too. I know I'm a little late to say so, but well, thank you, man. yeah, for sure. For sure. It was an honor. Still can't believe she said yes, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in talking about the coordination and stuff, you had a really good crew, man. I mean, I, I saw you at both the stops here in D.C. and out at Quantico, and uh, you had a really good team behind you. Yeah, I really did. Uh, and 90% of those people just fell in. Right? <clears throat> they weren't scheduled. They weren't selected. They were just dudes and women who showed up on their bikes and said, hey, I'm here to help. How can I help? And they just they stayed long enough that they learned how these shows work and how the fundraising is done. And how we raise the money different people are giving different bits of information of like, Hey, I think this would help us raise more money or that would help us raise more money. And then we'd implement them and we'd try them. Um, it was very much a, a work in progress. We were kind of building the plane in the air, if you will. Yeah. And um, yeah, just the amount of sports phenomenal, but you know, and then I had a whole back of the, of the, of this, you know, I had, I had back support too. people making all those phone calls and emails and all that stuff who you never saw on the road or in the videos or anything like that. You know what I mean? We had three people full time on the phone and emails. Um, all they're doing is just reaching out every day, updating with the dealerships where we're at, how many bikes we got coming, what we're doing, you know, working on the schedule, the routing, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was well organized. And thank you guys again for gifting me one of these. Hell yeah, man! That was cool. That was cool. Very cool. So we'll we'll move on now. Uh, Stubborn American Rally just happened. When is late September? Yeah, last week in September this year. Um, it's been that way every year, um, but we're moving it to June now. So, can you kind of oh, take us? Oh, are you really? Really, June? Hmm. What made you guys decide to move it? You know, uh, we're only several things. We're only uh, about three hours from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and that's where Bikes Blues and Barbecue goes down. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's a 400,000 bike rally. We've, ch- we've, we've butted heads with it every year. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, the people who come to the Stubborn American are coming to the Stubborn American for a certain type of rally. And it's much different than Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue. Um, but it, it's been a challenge. And now that I've invested more into the Eureka Springs, Arkansas area, um, I really want to get behind that rally more and really try to help that rally grow. And so I didn't really want to be competing with myself. So I moved it to June because in my opinion, June's the best month in my campground. Um, and, um, and I don't have any major rallies going on in June that, that I compete with. So I just thought it was a good time to do it. Nice. Very cool. Can you take us back to how you started stubborn America? What started it, you know, and, and kind of what, it, what it's about. If you could explain stubborn American in one sentence. The rally or the or the, the the brand? I would say the brand. It's just it's just uh, not letting people persuade you from the things that you love, right? Um, it's it's just holding your ground, staying focused uh, on enjoying life and positivity. Um, you know, everybody says stubborn's a, a negative thing. At least that's a lot of times the first impression you get. But for me, uh, being stubborn is what has brought me some of the most joyous moments of my life. Um, those, those rides where you want to stop, but you keep going and you run into, you know, a beautiful scenery or a beautiful set. Um, you know, you run into some beautiful people, uh, you know, the, the moments when you want to stop and you don't are probably some of the most memorable moments of your life in my experience. Um, and that's really what stubborn American as a brand is all about. Very cool. How many years has that been running now? Uh, since 2019. <laughs> what, what, do, you spe- do you have a special bottle back that you, you have a shot of <laughs> at the end of every rally or something? No, no, no. no it's, uh, so, so he's got so, good stuff back there. That's a good so, idea. <laughs> there is some good stuff back there. Blightons, everybody should know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so but For those uh, of you who cannot see this that are listening to the podcast, Adam's just got a full bar behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so uh so so the first year i held a stubborn american it was the year after we broke the guinness book world record for the largest parade of harley Davidsons. okay so it's right around the same timeline in that october uh timeline and um you know i tried four times to break that guinness book world record and bring enough people together to, to break it um and it was the fourth time that i broke it so i had to truly stay stubborn to bring that world record home to america it was in greece before that um so that's when the stubborn american kind of came up it was kind of like a reunion but I didn't want it to be a reunion because I didn't want people to feel like if they didn't participate in the ride, they couldn't participate in the rally. So we just, I just branded it with the Stubborn American, which, you know, I've got merchandise on my website and everything else, I, mm. patches, hats, all kinds of stuff. Stubborn American is just a, a mindset um, and a brand. And I just labeled that rally as that brand's event of the year. Very cool. Very cool. So let's let's go on to motorcycle destinations. This is something new. I actually, for the first time, I think Bike and Bird I, that I saw promoted it. But it's a bunch of bunch of creators that come together to create this website to make people aware of all these great motorcycle destinations that may they may not know just by you know riding in their own backyard. Correct. That's that's exactly what it's about. You know, I've learned in my travels. Uh, a lot of times I end up on the side of the road or in a gas station on my cell phone trying to find where do the riders hang out in this area. 
And there's no real concise place to do that. So I created Motorcycle Destinations. It's a website that basically users can, it's user generated. If you've got your favorite hotspots in your town, you can put them into this website um, with pictures and descriptions and everything you want. And it integrates with Google Maps. And uh, that way, if you're anywhere on a road trip, you can type in your state or show your area or what you're looking for, whether it be a bar or a good road or a restaurant or, you know, maybe a motorcycle campground like my K River or Green Tree Lodge. Um, those things will pop up on there and you can find them and get directions directly to them. And then we've got a YouTube channel. So we review these places um, and we put out a video every single day um, in three minutes or less reviewing a different place you should visit on your motorcycle. So I brought together a collaboration of uh, seven different social media people and got them to partner with me on this. And we all put out a video a week and uh, it works out great. Okay. So is it just those seven that can contribute videos or are you allowing the people that can contribute on the site in other ways to also submit videos for these places? No. So we do the videos uh, just through the seven creators. Those are our seven hosts okay. on the TV show. Um, and then uh, the general public can add destinations to the website and then maybe one of the hosts goes and covers it. Oh, cool. Cool. So I know, let's see, Doodle. Doodle's a part of that, right? Yeah. Uh, she she rides great. moto. Yeah, she rides moto. Yeah. I know bike and bird. Mm -hmm. uh, the others you're going to have to remind me because it's a little foggy. Sure. Uh, moto, moto Shorty, she's out of uh, the Northeast up there by DC. Um, uh, full Throttle Hog. Okay. Uh, he's on there with us. And uh, what, what do we what do we cover? Me, Full Throttle Hog, Justin Bikenberg, Moto Shorty, She Rides, Doodle. And who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone. No, I feel bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoever you are, whoever I'm forgetting right now, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Scrambler Stories. It's a husband-wife team. And they oh, ride cool. uh, they ride uh, adventure motorcycles. They're great. Their, their content's phenomenal. So you got so lots, lots of different perspectives on there. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really wanted, you know, different different riding uh, styles, different bikes, uh, different nationalities, different sexes. I mean, it's it's a it's a really a diverse group of people who are all just uh, covering what they what they find most interesting. Nice. So nice. not just a bunch of old white dudes telling you where you should ride your motorcycle. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, because that's it's not a common. Crowd, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's not common at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just another old white dude telling you that you don't ride, right, Brittany? Trying to sell yep. a motorcycle to your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I I may not ride my sports there very much, but I'm still the one in the household that owns two bikes. So yeah. <laughs> she wears the pants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you wear the pants he just wears pants there you go <laughs> Adam there's there's one thing I wanted to comment on on your website too the gun law map view that you have the link to that lets you know where you you know the laws for each state that you can carry in I had mm. no idea that was on your website that's actually pretty oh, that's useful cool. information yeah thanks how long, how long have you had that up is that something recent I know it was, it's, it's 2023, so it's an updated map. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> too many things. You've got too many things to remember. I do have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. I don't yeah. know exactly when that went. 
live to be honest with you no it's valuable because you'll you'll have no idea how many laws are different state to state even if they're just neighboring states mm-hmm. so that's good information everybody if uh, you want if you carry and you're going to be traveling and you want to know laws in each state for what you can and can't do please check that out adam right. do, you, do you carry do you carry when you ride it depends sometimes depends. yeah my, my general answer to the public is yes all the time so don't try me. <laughs> <laughs> now, he looked into the camera hard at that everybody but the reality is yeah. the reality is you know it's, it's just depends. it depends on where i'm at what i'm doing you know i did a lot of camping um and uh so that's why I always kept that. Like, yes, I got a gun on me always. But uh, I could see if you're by yourself, it might be a must must do type of situation. Yeah. But if you're with a group of people and you at least know one of them is carrying, usually I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I'll just keep it at home today. But or yeah. if you uh, ride through Illinois, then that's always a problem. Yeah, it depends yeah. on where you're at, what you're doing, right? Depends yeah. on the trip. Yeah, we got yeah we got lots of yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot here. <laughs> So another milestone for Adam, 500,000 followers on Facebook, dude. Congratulations. Yay. Yeah, that was nice. a big one for me, man. I was sitting yeah. at, that, at, that, at that 490 and 496 and then 491 and then back and forth and all over for the longest time. And when it finally broke, I was so happy. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hard to get a lot of people to back you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, have you found it? Because you, you, you use uh, Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Have you found it easier to get followers on either platform or has Facebook been usually because I know there's demographics that lean to one platform or the other. Usually the one that are in the, the motorcycle, like the common motorcycle people and, and enthusiasts out there, they usually lean to the Facebook because of their age demographic and the younger the younger style usually do the IG. Mm-hmm. Has, has it been that? Is, is that what you've seen on your mm-hmm. side? 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said so we've uh we we figured out it's it's hard to grow organically on these platforms, man. But you it know, it's it's fun. You got to be on social media, you know, if you want to be relevant relevant in any sort of way. So, Adam, how long ago did you start your channel? Two thousand fourteen. Wow, so nine ten years, years. almost yeah. almost ten. Well, technically, yeah, nine years. Well, it's changed a lot over those nine years too. It really <laughs> yeah, has. It really has. I. You know, and, and like I said, when I started it, I was not trying to be a social media person. I was just trying to ride my motorcycle and raise money for veterans. I had no idea there was even a career in this. Um, I learned that there was a career in this, you know, a year and a half into it. Adam, you know. do you do you still um, do you still do old school and do films, uh, you know, do any filming with your camera phone and, and do stuff that way? Or, or is ever is every all the time. See, and and I, it's it's super interesting to me because I always tell people like, you know, we, we don't need to overcomplicate it, right? I think sometimes if you just break out your phone and you you just put it out there, it becomes so much more authentic and real than an entirely lit up studio. You know, it it can be there can be too much production. You can overproduce something. And it loses its authenticity, especially in the motorcycle community, because I think we sniff out bullshit pretty quickly. You are so on point rate with that, with that statement. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and I've had this conversation with so many people in the space. And I mean, right here, I got a, you know, sitting on my desk, I got, you know, a nice camera rig. Oh, I haven't turned this thing on in months. 
You know what I mean? I, I run my phone. I run a GoPro um, because to me, the, 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 the reality and the rawness of it is, is, is half the, half the allure. Um, and I think that's something a lot of brands have a hard time balancing because they establish themselves to be this huge brand and they, they really want everything to be polished like Hollywood because it fits with their brand and they're this multi multi million dollar company. But at the end of the day, the people they are trying to reach don't have the same investment in that quality. Um, I definitely think there's space for quality out there and there's, there's definitely a niche group, niche group of people who, who really enjoy that high level quality. But I think you're right uh, for, for motorcyclists at a, as a whole. And I really, I think social media as a whole, um, people just, they, that's, they're not there for, to be sold a Hollywood story. They're there right. to see real life, right? Like Hollywood gave us reality TV and we consumed it like crazy. It was like, Oh my God, reality TV. And then we started to realize, well, wait a minute. When that guy knocked on the door, there was a camera already inside the house. So how is right. this real? How is this reality? Right? Um, right. And then I think it kind of fell off a little bit because people started to figure out, okay, dog, the bounty hunter isn't really chasing this guy. Cause how's the camera on the other side of that truck? So then, you know, then, then here comes social media and social media was what we were sold as reality TV. All of a sudden it is real. It is this guy with this phone or with just this one camera filming what the hell's going on and it's shaky and it's real. And people, let me silence that. And people just, uh, people just started consuming it. And I think that's part of the allure of social media. So sometimes when you over polish things, um, they actually perform less good. I mean, it's just, it's reality. And I've talked about this with all kinds of guys they've and women, and they've all tried it. And I've yet to have anybody come to me and be like, nope, my polished stuff performs better. Well, I think the the problem is people confuse production with quality, right? I mean, what you did, like I, I watched you when you were here, yeah. you, you, you know, when, when the time came, you grabbed your GoPro and you're going around and you're making quality content. Uh, it wasn't overproduced, right? It doesn't have to have that spit and polish. It's like, you know, in business, we talk about how perfection is the enemy of, of achievement. You know, that if you're, if you're always trying to got to have the latest, got to have the greatest, I have to be way up here on production. Uh, that becomes the focus rather than the content, right? And then the con- the quality of the content itself starts to suffer. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword because you start to want to see your stuff get so nice. You know what I mean? You know, I went through a phase there where, you know, everything I shot was with multi-cameramen and audio engineers. Right. And, you know what I mean? And I abandoned it because it didn't, it didn't do anything for me or my audience. Well, a lot of times we're our own worst enemy, right? Because we, we we really want to do the best that we possibly can, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I was was totally guilty of that when I was doing YouTube, I thought everything had to be shot on an EOSR and well polished to get any notice. And I was wrong. No, but your stuff was top notch, dude. I mean, you know, but again, high, high, but you had quality in both content and production. You made me want to pick the guy the goddamn GoPro up again, Dave. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam, here's a question for you. And I was thinking about this today. You're you're extremely extroverted. Like I I've never met more of a people person in my life than you. Thank you. Do you feel this hobby, sport, 
lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, needs an extroverted approach to fully enjoy it. No. No. You see, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the motorcycling is for everybody type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I know that's probably going to be your answer, but let me hear what your answer is. Yeah, I mean the same thing. I mean it's it's. I mean that's the beautiful thing about motorcycles. You can get out of it whatever you want, right? Right. You can go on beautiful rides down uh, roads that you won't see another person, and you can enjoy nature and wildlife and streams and rivers and maybe just the company of the person you're with. Um, or you can be in the middle of Sturgis Motorcycle Rally on the Buffalo Chip, you know, auditorium. I mean, the the the, the scope is so wide in the motorcycling, you know. You and, and that's what I love about it is I bounce between the two. You know, I enjoy my time alone with nature. I love nature. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge nature fan. Yeah. Um, I love national parks. I love getting down trails in national parks. I love just sitting along a stream and cooking myself up a cup of coffee and just but I also love to be in the middle of a party. <laughs> you know, I love to see the extreme stuff. Well, I was going to ask when, when Dustin said that, cause I don't, I don't see you as an extrovert. I think you're an extroverted introvert. Whew, what does that mean? You know, yeah, it, 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 exactly. <laughs> kind of like what you said. Cause I I'm, I'm a lot the same way. I like my alone time. I need to recharge. I like to just like enjoy the moment without all the, the stuff, but most of the people that know me that I interact with on a daily basis will go, Oh my, that's, that's the most extroverted fucker I've ever known, you know, but I think I'm a pretty big extrovert. I like people. I mean, that's why I have campgrounds because I like to meet people and I like to, I like to hear their stories and, you know, I like to, I like to, you know, hear where they came from and what challenges they had and um, how long they've been married or, you know, whatever. I love hearing that stuff. So I, I really enjoy the conversation occasionally I like to be left alone. Yeah. I think that could be everybody. Everybody likes their own yeah. me time. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. Like if, if you gave me the choice, like right now to go hang out with a group of people and have a good time or just be with myself and my own thoughts, I'm going to choose to go hang out with people. But yeah. you like to play with yourself so a lot. More- you know, you don't, it's not like all the time. Right? <laughs> Where are you going with this? What are you saying? You like, you like your alone time. You, you, you know, right. Hmm. Right. I've always, it was always explained to me that extroverts think of it as you derive energy from others and introverts, you tend to derive energy more kind of doing things on your own. Um, But you can obviously cross over, right? You can be kind of a little bit of both because I'm, I'm, I'm not a party person. You can ask, you can ask Jared if we get invited to do things and I'm kind of like, I don't know. I really like the couch with the dogs. It's just so much nicer at home. Nobody bothers you. You just sit there. <laughs> I think that's called lazy, Brittany. That's not called <laughs> No, I'm not lazy because I'm like, I do things all the time. Yeah. yeah. But... That's, a whole di- that's a whole different category. I think, I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they think that extroverted people crave attention. Because yeah. I know they do. that it's I'm. It's not the same. Yeah. It's not. That's not true, Brittany. I, I'm an extroverted person too, but it, it's not. It's not that extroverted people crave attention. It's that extroverted people create attention, and I think that I think there's a big. I think there's a solid difference between that because yeah. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily need all, everybody looking at me, but I like to be where all the things are happening. Right. Um, I, and I think there's I think there's a huge difference between that. And I think that when when you 
when you carry that kind of energy, you tend to create an environment that people want to be around. And then, and that, and that gives them the idea that you're craving attention. And that's not necessarily true. Do I like to be in a place where attention is being, is being created? Absolutely. But that attention doesn't necessarily need to be on me. What the fucking lobby at the La Quinta, you created plenty of attention. <laughs> hey, I, I may or may not be welcome back there. That's uh, that's questionable. <laughs> you weren't swimming in the lobby fountain, were you? I, I no, I, if I've there not, was I've a not, fountain, he would have swum in it. I, I that might have been that might be true, but I, I didn't. I didn't swim in the in that fountain. But I made I made sure that the lady that was working at the front desk was at the bar much more than she was at the front desk. That's for sure. <laughs> Let them know you're there. That's right. I mean, if they can't hear my voice, they're in the wrong fucking hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So so we got some Discord questions for Adam, I know, in the hopper. We have quite a few, actually. All right, Discord friends, FDB's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5DirtyBikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. Everybody, before we start with Discord, we did get a text from Tony. He will not be making it tonight. He woke up from the dentist with his pants undone, so he's dealing with that. <laughs> but Brittany, go ahead. Okay. Not ready to leave yet, huh? Not sure how you follow that one, but... This is going to take a little longer than we anticipated. Yeah, he, yeah. he didn't wake up to the dentist leaving. He wake up, wake up to the dentist staying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first question is from Ten Lug Slug. Says he wants to know if the bike that your kid was rolling around on in on TikTok was a kit or a custom built. Okay, so great question, um, and and I just love to answer this question. Okay, this is this is something I'm pretty passionate about right now. Uh, first of all, it's not my kid. Um, I went. I recently got a dream car, and I went to have it worked on. And this is the guy who I was hiring to work on my car's kid. Um, that is not a kit. That kid literally built the frame out of gas pipe from Home Depot. And I have got the pictures of this kid doing it. I've got the video of this kid doing it. And it's just so awesome because that video went, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the video, but it went, I mean, it, it got like 3 million views in like two days. And Damn. Yeah, it just it went really big, and I just filmed it while the guy was working on my car. But again, with just my cell phone, I was just like, "Hey, um, I'm like this bike's cool." So the thing that got me the most the reason I'm passionate about this is because I was like so happy to share this kid with the bike he built with his dad. Um, but his dad just like coached him. The kid built it. I mean, kids welding. I got video of him welding it, and everything. Um, and then you get these people online who are like, "That kid didn't build shit." You know, that's a kit. Somebody bought that, you know, and I got all these dudes. So then I just started replying to them. Like, are you sure about that? And then I drop in a couple of videos of this kid building it. And then they unfollow me. (laughs) But You know know what you say to that? That fuck them. That's what I say to them. People are just dicks. There's always got to be somebody out there that ruins it. Yeah. No, that kid built that bike out of gas pipe from Home Depot. And that's a fact. Wow. Yeah. 10 years That's old. That's cool. <clears throat> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that he asked and we can clear that up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do a video on it. I'm going to screenshot all these 
nice guys who said all this stuff about this 10 year old boy i <laughs> love nice those videos <laughs> you should, do that. should definitely do throw, that. Them, up throw them out there man <laughs> that yeah. is my favorite thing so on it's social up media welding helmet, you know yes yeah. you see yeah. it everywhere I, well yeah. you know and, and and i think and i know it's i i know it's nothing unique you know in social media but i i think it's really really interesting that even in social media, even in the motorcycling community, you know, and, and I know that you're you're not a small guy and I'm not either. And I know that there's people that have said shit to either on our podcast or on, you know, on when I was doing YouTube videos that would never walk up to me and say that to my face. Oh, and, and and I'm just, and, and, not, and I'm not a, I'm not. I'm not threatening anybody like I'm not a fighter. Right. I but I just. No. <laughs> <laughs> Say something about this kid. Yeah. Well, but well, and in that case, yeah, maybe I would be right. But I, I think that I always, I always find it really interesting that that the, you know, it's like you've opened up this platform just to be a complete asshole. You know what I mean? Like you, you try to, you try to shine a light, put something out there that's really amazing, and then somebody's got to be a dick, be like, oh, well, he didn't build that bike, dude. Does it matter whether he built it or not? I mean, it, you know, in some cases it does, but it, if he didn't build it, it doesn't mean that you need to be a dick about it, right? right. It's a 10-year-old boy. I mean, don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah. Here we want to keep we want to keep this hobby going for future generations. People got to shout out shit like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the deal, though, man. That's part of the internet, right? Yeah. I just right. always laugh. I'm like, thanks for the engagement. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I learned that. I learned that from another another big YouTuber in the back in the day. Back in the day, he always used to say, "Thanks for the view." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. He, you just improved my algorithm. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Your yeah. negative comment and your view helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day. All right. The next one is from Indie Steve. He says, I know it's hard to pick just one, but what would be the best or some of the best moments from the Great American Convoy? And also, what was the worst part, if any, like weather breakdowns, etc.? Oh, man, the best part, we just had to be the people, man. And that was just the most unexpected part. And, and I don't know why I was, I think, again, like I said earlier, you know, I, I really felt, I felt used up. I felt, I felt, um, you know, and I think, I think like, like this, you know, if motorcycling is a sport, I don't know, uh, you know, I think you see this a lot in other professional sports where they're, where they're in the spotlight a lot. And then all of a sudden they're done. Um, that's a very hard mental and emotional thing to go through. Um, and I really felt like I was at the edge of my career there and I was really struggling with it, uh, myself, um, you know, losing my dog. Uh, he was such a huge part of my identity. Um, and, and, and losing him, uh, was just brutal for me. Um, and then, you know, coming off the road full time, I lived on the road full time, five years, you know, I had no home five years, um, coming off the road and opening up a campground completely changed my channel. And, and I just, I felt like I was on kind of a downward, like soft landing, but an exit. And when I showed up and all the people that just showed up and, and supported me and stood behind me and shared miles with me and helped one another. And just that camaraderie of the motorcycle community, that to me had to be the best. Um, the charity aspect, obviously huge. Uh, I met some, some amazing people that the money helped 
Um, that was really touching for me. Uh, really let me know that my energy is going to the right place. Um, a lot of really good things, but just the people that showed up, man, and the way they supported one another and each other, you know, people on their first road trip and all of a sudden they're out here with all these riders and they're feeling overwhelmed and the way they'd lift each other up, uh, just the motorcycle community has got to be the coolest community on the planet, man. It just has oh, yeah. to. We've said that a thousand times on this show. Yeah, and, and, cool. and full disclosure, I didn't know how, what our attendance was going to be like for you. But I thought we had, we had the perfect day because we had a, we had a Friday, and it was between four and six, I think something like that. So it was a perfect time slot on a perfect day, perfect weather day. But I didn't know how, if there was going to be that many people that actually watched YouTube and knew your story and what you did. But to see the crowd that did come out at our dealership, I was like, wow! So this is powerful. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Riding community strong, dude, and, and the people care about our country and they care about our veterans. Um, this is just a good time to say, you know, if you're a veteran out there and you've got any problems, or you're dealing with any struggles, people out there do care. And what we're talking about right now is an exact example of that. I mean, they come together in the droves to show you they care. So uh, if you're struggling with anything, just reach out to somebody, man. Ask for some help because there are a lot of us out there who care. Um, sorry, just had to say that. No, you're um, yeah, don't, no apologies. Mm-mm. But uh, but but yeah. So I just I just think the community was would have to be the number one uh, thing. Uh, the worst thing I know what it was, but I'm really not allowed to talk about it. Um, so the second worst thing, um, just exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, you know, would be I guess would have to be the only thing because everything just. Even the weather was sucked, but who cares? I mean, we were out there riding, raising money for charity. We struggled together. When you when you go through a struggle with other people, like there's just there's something glorious about that too. Um, I imagine it's on a very small scale what our military experiences. Um, you know, so you know if there had to be a, a bad part for me, it was probably uh, my ability to stay focused and have positive energy all the time and give every person who came, uh, the proper attention and, and energy that they deserve. Um, it got tiring on me, 120 fundraisers standing in line, meeting hundreds of people, each one, um, wore me down in just a capacity, not a desire, but just a capacity. You know, you want to keep walking, but just having a hard time picking yourself up. Um, I needed rest days. I didn't have, uh, for sure, uh, that tight schedule. And there's a reason for the schedule, and that's a whole other story. But there was a very, very tight schedule um, where I literally did not have any days off. I had to ride every single day, and um, you know, do this. And I, I did. I did run out of gas in my in my tank um, multiple times where I felt like I wasn't my best. And that that's that that shit sticks with me. It's important to me. It it resonates what you said about what you like the most about the whole experience. Uh, we just completed a fundraising effort ourselves for autism, and there were so many people that reached out to us and, and me personally because my son's on the spectrum. And I mean, just getting stuff like this from New York, New Jersey, and knowing that it, you know what we did and you know what we did it for it was the right thing to do and it was the right cause. And I, I don't want to say it's, you know, it was about us. It was about, it's always about a hundred percent about what the cause is. And 
what you've done over the years for for veterans it's 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 been amazing dude i i wish i had the stroke you did with with the fundraising efforts because it's 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 awesome so is there is there any chance of doing another one of these i'm doing it again i'm gonna do it every year so um i got an email from your guy about would you want to do this again if we did it again next year type of thing yeah if i can yeah yeah we did a survey um we sent it out yeah i i i uh i've committed to doing it every year now not on this big of a scale Uh, i'm gonna do probably four weeks i'm gonna do a four week coast to coast convoy every year uh leaving from a different region of the country um, ending at major rallies or motorcycle events. Um, we're going to change it up a little. There'll be less uh, stops at actual dealerships or fundraising activities, and there'll be a little bit more downtime where we're doing national parks and uh, epic museums and uh, great roads and all these types of things um, so that it truly becomes a bucket list trip for people. And my goal is to get you know, kind of the opposite of how I started this thing. My goal is to get as many people to come and do it as long as they can. So if you can get a full week, come for a full week. If you can get all four weeks, come for all four weeks, do the whole thing. End at Sturgis, end at Daytona Bike Week, end at, you know, whatever rally or or place we choose. Um, Whether or not um, the details, where we're going to ride, what we're going to do, how it's all going to work. I'm going to, my goal is to give away a motorcycle every year on this thing. Uh, free of charge again. Um, how all that works is still in negotiations, but even if I have to do it all alone, I'm going to do it. I mean, I'm going to make it happen one way or another. So cool. I'm going to do it once a year. There will be an annual convoy across America that everybody can join. Wow. That's awesome. That'll be amazing. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, John Doe asked if... He says he really misses Scooter and feels for you and wanted to know if you've considered getting an, another companion. Yeah, um, it almost happened. I, I, You know, I'm not ready. Uh, I, I want to be ready. I, I, you know, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not ready to the point where I'm actively looking. But when the right dog comes into my life, I'll take care of it, you know. Yeah. Um how long has it been, Adam? Two two years, almost. Yeah, it'll be it'll be three years. Um, I it feels like not long at all. Um, I, uh, I I yeah, you know, I, mean, I had a dog with you everywhere, right? Everywhere. I've seen some videos, but yeah, every day. I mean, we from the day I got that dog, he was with me every single day. I never had to go to work and leave him at home. Wherever I was, he came. I mean, he partied with me in the top of Club Pure in Vegas with Mike Tyson <laughs> to sleeping with me behind gas stations uh, next to my bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everything in between. And, you know, he 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 was really my brand. I mean, my whole name of my first convoy was Scoot in America. It was Scooter <laughs> in America. Like that, you know. <laughs> and, and people would sometimes like, you know, back to like people trying to be rude, like people come up to me like at meet and greet stuff. They'd be like, you know, we don't care about you. We're just here for the dog. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, well, cool. Then I'm doing my job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you? I don't know. That's an insult, you know, but, but, but the reality is I loved him and I put him on a pedestal and uh, I will have another dog, but it's, it's just gotta be right. Um, and yeah. it's gotta, I gotta, it's, I gotta be able to spend the time. I had a dog show up on my porch here. <laughs> And um, 
it ended up being a really good dog and I was going to keep it. I had it for like uh, about a week. Um, it learned really smart. It was really good. We, we really bonded really well. Um, but it was the week before I left on the convoy and it was a big dog. I mean, it wasn't a little dog. Um, and it just so happened that one of my wife's friends just lost her dog and she had two kids and they came here for a children's event and fell in love with the dog and I let him take it home. Uh, but that was close. That was just about my dog. It's, it's, it's a tough thing, man. But you know, when the time's right and the dog's right, it'll happen. I mean, I, we lost Sophie almost four and a half years ago and she still rides with me everywhere I go. I've got a piece of her in my saddlebag, yeah, man. you know, not, a, not literally a piece of her. I have her collar and some hair. Um, Aww, I don't I want you, I don't want anybody like calling the, PETA people on me. Uh, but, you know, everywhere, every mile I ride, um, she's with me. You know, I'm, still, I'm sure Scooter is too. Yeah, yeah, I buried in my front yard, man. I said, man, I, I have this house because of him, you know? I haven't had to go through that yet, but I I have two standard poodles and, like, I mean, I, I love having dogs. They're my first <laughs> dogs and I freaking love it. And I, the day that they're gone, I can't imagine it's going to be terrible. It's brutal, man. It is brutal. Yep. Okay, next question for us. Yep, sorry. Yeah, let's get out of here before we all start crying and tearing up, man. <laughs> Getting too far in the fields. The next one is from Humi Matt says, what is, what's your must-haves for comfort when you go on long trips? It has changed over the years. Um, it used to be pretty minimal stuff, a blanket and a tarp. Uh, you know, uh, getting old, bro. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, best Western key card and a, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, often I still run without rain gear. Um, I literally just did a trip this last week from North Carolina all the way over here and didn't have rain gear with me the whole way. Um, I, a phone charger. I mean, there's just, I just don't have a lot. If I'm camping, it changes everything, but I'm really doing a lot less camping now than I used to. Um, well, you've done a lot to set your bike up. Layers. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you've got your ride dialed in. For sure. You know, I mean, what, what, what on your bike could you not do without? Or would, or, or let me rephrase that. What would you not want to do without? I mean, good phone holders, obviously very important. Quality seats, obviously very important. Um, Proper bars are super important. Um, it's got to be lighting. It's got to be what? Lighting. Yeah. Lighting is important. That's a big safety issue. Um, yeah. I mean, just the, the basics. I mean, uh, to me, bars and seats and ergonomics are probably the number one most important thing for a motorcycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not Even more than loud pipes? I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, even suspension and, and I love my pipes. Like performance is a big deal. Like I obviously do a lot of performance stuff to all my bikes. Um, but my suspension and my seat and my ergonomics, like, dude, that's my comfort. Right. Yeah, If you, I mean, if you don't have good ergonomics, I mean, you're, you're going to be hurting instantly. Yeah, I don't care how much horsepower you got. That gets old if you're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, the bike so, yet for the trip was certainly well set up. I was saying you tear open boxes in that video. I'm like, hey, he's got it all. He's got it all laid out. Seat yet you your own seat. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I have my own seat on the market, a gel seat. Um, it's a good touring seat. I love it. 
uh, I rode that whole tour on it, you know, 20 some thousand miles and 84 days on that seat. And it was perfect for me. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, on the bike, that's it. Seat suspension, good legend suspension, good quality seat. Uh, whether you choose mine or a different one, you know, a good quality touring seat, um, and good, a good bar setup that's properly adjusted for you. Super important. So, so Adam, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback for you. I remember a video from man, three, four years ago when you talked about uh, how getting a fresh helmet was such a great experience for you. You just loved a new helmet. Yeah. But what I, what, what I want to know is, um, <clears throat> cause I, I've gotten like, a, it's taken me a while to figure out like where I land in the whole helmet situation. I, 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 I always wear a helmet, so I, that's not it, but just trying to find the right fit helmet and everything. But what I really want to know is how many pairs of boots have you gone through during from like 14 to now? Mm, maybe, that's a maybe good three. question. Three? Maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe three. Because uh, you have you have like a you have like a like a very specific boot that you wear all the time, yes. right? Yep. And and so and and it must be. I mean, it must be. Uh, you know, have you had to get them resold? Do you do that kind of thing, or you're like, okay, these boots have been killed. It's time for a new pair. Yeah, um, I, I've resold them. Um, I I still have a pair of boots that I got. So I was in an accident uh, years ago. I think in '16, a lady hit me head on, and I had to have my boots cut off of me. Um, my wife got those and had them stitched back together for me. You know, so I still wow. have those. Um, all my boots have been resold and reworked, and uh, just trying to keep them alive. But yeah, I would just square toe cowboy boots, uh, either Justins or Ariats and rubber sole um and i think probably three pair of boots in the last since 2014 and i don't know in the last probably 400,000 miles that's impressive that's really tell you what impressive. don't ever swab those things and, and try to grow it on a petri dress because you is not you are not going to know what that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i wear my boots down pretty pretty ragged i don't I'm, I'm not i'm not like i don't need fresh boots i like new shoes because it just like they wear out the insoles or whatever wear out but i just need tread them, that's all i need is tread i'm a sock person i love fresh socks mm, that's good too anything that touches my skin right i like fresh yeah it's yeah. the helmet uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> they, yeah there's some things that don't wear into comfort there's some things that just wear into time to get rid of yeah. I, yeah I think a helmet's one i think a helmet's one of them right yeah. if you've taken the liner out more than once and washed it it's time for a new helmet yeah God, i've never washed my liner we can tell probably still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right the next Shot one fired. is from oregon mac um he says at one point you were talking about starting another campground he's curious if you're still considering that um and then when and where that would be great question so the answer is yes uh i just purchased it uh last month oh, oh nice it is in eureka springs arkansas and it is called the green tree lodge and it has nine jacuzzi suite cabins oh nice. i saw this video too yeah, those yeah are cool. nice in-ground swimming pool yeah. 30 rv spots um 
It will also have free veteran camping, just like uh, my campground does here at the K River. Um, it's not in place yet because I've got to redo the website and operating system and get all that done. And I've been riding and doing events and all over the place, so I haven't had a chance to sit down and tear that place apart and put it back together yet, um, which will probably come with a rebrand too. Uh, but, um, but yes, I did. I bought one in uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and I closed on it last month. So I'm very, very... It's, in the city of Eureka Springs, it's called the Green Tree Lodge. It's on Highway 62, right main thoroughfare from Eureka to Rogers or Fayetteville. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about it. And, and I'm looking at a third one right now. So I, I got a, got my eye on a place that wow. I'm negotiating right now in, in Denver, Col- or not Denver, uh, in uh, Durango, Colorado. That's so nice. Adam- starting a franchise. Jeez. Yeah, yeah my goal is to have five, right? That's my, that's my retirement. If I have five, I, I retire. So, so I'm on, is, I'm on two. is the uh, is the goal then to continue to make these uh, motorcycle centric campgrounds or, or are they going to be, you know, are, are they going to change a little bit? No, my, they will always be motorcycle centric campgrounds. Now, you know, different. OK, so like, you know, the K River is a big property. It's 100 acres. I got a big stage and pavilion. And, you know, my, my place in Eureka Springs is not an event campground right i'm not gonna hold motorcycle rallies at it it is more luxurious and more tight um where this is more of like a party ground or a festival ground uh that is more of a true lodge or uh you know cabins in rv park um so you're not gonna be like doing you're not gonna be doing like burnouts around the pool or anything like that you know yeah just a different style but but all will be very much uh focused on motorcycles and, and amenities for motorcycles and take care of motorcyclists and veterans maybe maybe that's what you need to do bring seabear out and have them do a have them do a burnout all the way around the pool so you can just remind everybody it might be nice but it's still a motorcycle campground yeah <laughs> 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 Ryan, you and your fucking tab performance slip-ons will be fucking welcome too, I guess. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> loud motherfucker. It wasn't as bad. Like, it was not as loud as I expected. You've gotten used to it. I guess. You didn't hear them in Uranus. What? <laughs> you didn't hear them in Uranus. They were loud. All right. Christian says... <laughs> Next question. They're just trying to keep it rolling. Christian says... Um, he says, you have to work very hard to get participants in some of your most enjoyable games at Stubborn American. Does that detour you from, I think it's supposed to be deter. Deter? How do, I don't know yeah. how you say that. Deter, yeah. Deter you from hosting those games. And he says, You're got, you and your staff do an amazing job. Can you read the question again? Yeah, sorry. sorry. That was like too with the, with the correct <laughs> pronunciation. This yeah, time. with the deterrent. So yeah. he's he says he's noticed that... Um, it takes a lot of like work and effort to get participants in some of the games that oh. at the Stubborn American. Yeah. He says, does it deter you from hosting the games at all? Nah. <laughs> no, nah, because we have fun. People end up coming up. They just, you know, people are nervous and like especially when I do like burnout drag racing and stuff, people don't want to burn up their tires and Yeah. But you know, I just try to get them to drink a lot before and then <laughs> peer pressure huh yeah if you uh, have if you have a most he's, back hair contest we need to bring tony yeah he's, he's very awkward it does take it does take some 
coercing to get uh, people into the games uh, sometimes. But I just think that's part of the part of the part of the process. I don't I don't mind. I I'll beg. I, I beg for a living, man. I beg people to donate money to charity all the time. I beg people <laughs> to sponsor me. I beg people to play games. I don't mind begging. <laughs> Well, I, let me and I, let, me, good cause. let me throw out real quick Christian, who asked that question. Uh, good, great friend of of us uh, of ours, and is uh, thinks very, very highly of you, Adam. Well, thank you. He and I were talking uh, talking about you, and, and I know I I believe he went up this year. He did. Yeah. I know he was he yeah, was he planning did. to go to seven. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah did he, he tell you there. about the coleslaw wrestling? I saw <laughs> the videos. <laughs> <laughs> was it the mayonnaise or vinegar? It was Manny's. Oh, Billy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it, got, it got real, real fast. <laughs> Oof. In the crevices. Yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's, yeah. a smell, that's a smell you might yeah. not be able to wash off. So, here, so, so there's, you know, there's women and men categories for this, right? So, uh, <laughs> so the first two, I'm like, okay, I'll put the guys first and the women last, right? Because there's more women and I just thought it'd be a better show. the first kid goes and he had to be 25 i don't know he was young heavier set kid and so he so when you get in the tub of coleslaw you sit down back to back and then i count down one two three go and then you turn around face each other and you wrestle so the first kid strips down he's got like a sumo diaper on (laughs) (laughs) crowd goes nuts and he goes and he sits down in a coleslaw he sits with his back to me and the other guy. Well, the other guy is like, I'm going to one-up him and just goes butt naked. Boom! Goes <laughs> butt naked and walks and sits down in this coleslaw with his back to the other kid. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, go for it. You know, whatever. As this is Again, nobody's going to knock on your tent and say not here. <laughs> so they wrestle later on <laughs> they walk into the kid and i thought the kid knew him right because they were standing right by each other i thought the kid knew him and he's like no i didn't know who that was he's like i just turned around when you said go and i was wrestling a naked man i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. i couldn't believe it i could oh, not no. believe it and then there was just a whole lot more nudity after that but that's how that's how the coleslaw wrestling started in, in <laughs> I think I, you know, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a brave 25 year old. You know, a lot of people would have jumped right out of that pit and been like, he's hanging brain. I'm out. I'm out right now. <laughs> you wrestled them. You wrestled oh, them five minutes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what a brave uh, soul. <laughs> wow. You don't want to get twisted in that one. Grab his dick and twist it. Oh, man. <laughs> that was something, man. But it was a heck of a way to kick it off. That's going to be a hard one to top next year. Oh, that's awesome. That party gets wild, man. That party gets just more and more wild every year. Uh, it's turning into really a – it's an adult party. Do not bring the kids to this party. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, yeah it, it's just more and more – less and less clothes every year, for sure. I'm sorry. What were those dates in June? <laughs> I believe it's the 18th to the 20th. It's 18th to the 20th. I think uh, so. Yeah. Sign it. Sign him up. Costume contest every year, and 
Put him on the Dave, coleslaw Dave's wrestle volunteering list. volunteering to do uh, the no, coleslaw dude, I ain't, wrestle I ain't multiple getting in the times. Slaw. No. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave's gonna, he's going to volunteer for the yeah. uh, yellow banana hammock march. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that ain't happening. What if it was like a chai tea latte pool? Would you get in? Mm, yeah, we might be talking something. I don't know. <laughs> Sign him up. Uh, yeah. Any, anywhere uh. Dave can hold his pinky out, he'll be he'll be there. Until he gets suplexed. Next question. Uh, all right. Who me, Matt? Says, where are the must-ride states or locations you have been to? It's a great question. Um, such good riding in America, man. Uh, I, now, I, I will say one of my favorite rides is Baja, Mexico. And that, that ride I've done three times now. And it is more and more impressive every time. Love riding the Baja, Mexico. Uh, never realized there were so many mountains in the Baja, Mexico. Hmm. Um, phenomenal riding. If we're talking the states, I think when I choose a state to say it's a must-ride state, there's two things I really think about, and that's one, the roads, and two, the culture. So how many bikes are there out? Uh, How populated are the bike places I'm going to stop? Going to be the cool restaurants and bars and roadside attractions? Like, am I going to run into other riders? Am I going to be able to share stories, meet cool people? Uh, that's a big piece of it for me. So when looking at that, I want to say, I'm not going to say number one. I'm just going to say my top ones are probably Arizona, Colorado, East Tennessee, West Carolinas, um, Utah, Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is phenomenal, man. I, I love the riding in the Ozark Mountains. Arkansas up to like that Missouri, Southern Missouri. That northern Arkansas, southern Missouri, love it, love it. Um, obviously, Highway One down California is phenomenal, and uh, you know Highway Twelve in Utah is certainly a top ride. Yeah, a lot of people talk about Utah. That's a must for me too. Yeah, I, the culture is not as strong there. It's a, it's a bit more um, sparse. You know, you're not going to run into. I mean, I'm sure you can find places where you do, but as a whole, I have not ran into a ton of riders out um, like I do, like when I go to Arizona. Um, but uh, the, the the scenery is phenomenal in Utah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Living in Arizona, just the scenery in a car was nice. I can't wait to do it on a bike. And just go like down to Guadalupe and get me a tongue burrito. That would be good. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely happened within the next couple of years because me and a buddy who – been best friends since sixth grade we went to college out there together and we just keep talking about going back out there on bikes on the way to the coast because we still got friends out there and stuff so it's got to be a bucket list ride yeah arizona's so diverse people don't realize it you mm-hmm. just they just think desert no flagstaff is totally different yeah you got mountains and you got desert snow, you got snowcat mountains and flagstaff snowcat, well, yeah man flagstaff uh you know that whole yeah arizona's just got everything man yeah, Jerome, Jerome, Arizona. You want to talk about a cool town, man. Jerome kind of reminds me of like the Eureka Springs or like a Bisbee. Um, you know, just a real cool, a quirky, eccentric, really great restaurants and bars and just art and just 
a lot to look at and take in. Um, yeah. Those, those Adam, would be is, my Adam, is there, is there a dealership that you would never go back to? <laughs> oh man. Oh dude. I he's, like that. Yeah. That's. Hey, he, he, he said he wanted a hard hitting question. Come on. That man. is a hard hitting question. Give us the state. Now you don't have to, you know, I, you know, you don't have to like out a dealership. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying, is there a dealership well, I mean, that you never is, go I back want to? Out of this dealership? But, oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you got, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. If you got to, no, do it, I'm do not it. going to. But I will say, um, first of all, never is a, is a strong word. Okay? okay, I I believe in mending fences. Okay, um, you know what I mean. I have dealerships that I work with now that I had issues with in the past. Um, you know, even the motor company for that matter, me and the motor company, we split ways in 2017 and we didn't work again until this year. Right. So how many years is that? You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, things happen. Um, but I, I, I believe in mending fences and I believe in forgiveness and I believe in moving forward, um, in any business or personal relationship. Uh, you know, I grudges don't do anybody any good, but with that said, a person could probably figure out where a dealership is in Texas that I would at this point never work with again. Uh, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Okay. There you go. You know, I mean, sometimes things just happen and people get excited and sometimes they say things and, and you know, this particular dealership was just like very, very, degrading of me and my audience and my channel and just basically mm. told me none of us matter and that you know he's set for life and you know was like oh your little channel and your little this and your little riding friends and i'm like bro these are good people like you know um and he was just very let me know that he was the big he was the uh you know the big dog in town and i was on his turf it wasn't dallas was it it was not Dallas. Okay. Although the owner may have just bought a dealership near Dallas. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, you know, he didn't start the dealership. It was his parents. It was given to him. Right. right. He has no idea what it's like to build a business, and he has no idea what it's like to work hard, and he doesn't understand the culture and the community. He doesn't even really ride that much. Um, he does ride, but not a lot. Um, and we, we got along really good for a while, but he just, does, really does he me. ride a street 500? Can you tell us that? But you know, uh, you know, things happen and I, I still send people to his dealership and I still, uh, you know, whatever. I just, you know, there's a really good saying that someone once said, and they said, uh, it's not that I want you to starve. I just don't want you to get my table anymore. Oh, there you go. You know, some some people have to tear others down to make themselves feel like they're worthy of something. Yeah. You know? Exactly what happened. You know? And I don't know. Whatever. If I see the fucker riding the street, I'm going to knock him off. So. <laughs> It'll be the I one. Got, I got It'll you be the back. one guy riding the street. <laughs> That's right. You're born, motherfucker. Off you go. <laughs> So there, that was a good hard question. Good job. I like that one. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. There <laughs> you go. You, you laid out the challenge. I, I just wanted to rise to the occasion. That was a good one. 
So actually, I think the next else? quest. I think the next question is the opposite, right? Okay. What's the next question? Go ahead. He's probably heard what's your favorite dealership a thousand times. What what does he have a favorite experience at one of the dealer visits or favorite people he's worked with at them? Oh man, so many great people. So I'm gonna go with the dealership because it's not not that the people aren't awesome, because the people are awesome there, but it's not like there aren't equally awesome people at other dealerships. But this dealership in particular is, in my opinion, hands down light years ahead of any other dealership I've stepped foot in. Um, and that is Doc's Harley Davidson in Shawano, Wisconsin. Really? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that dealership is like everything that is motorcycle in my head put into a dealership. Like it is, it is so cool, man. It is the coolest dealership. And I mean, listen, there's a lot, Smoky Mountain, Harley Davidson. Uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool Harley Davidson dealerships out there that I could name. Uh, but Doc's Harley-Davidson in Shawano, Wisconsin is the most unique Harley-Davidson dealership I've ever stepped foot in. And go to my YouTube channel and Google Doc's Harley-Davidson on my YouTube channel. I've done multiple videos on it. It is mind-blowing what this dealership is, is. is I mean, it's got a full zoo. And when I'm talking zoo, I got a petting zoo at my Cave River campground. I got a miniature donkey and uh, African spurred-thighed tortoise, a couple rabbits, some goats, some pot, miniature pot-bellied pigs. He's got like bison, uh, alligators, kangaroos, uh, camels, uh, I mean, a full zoo, and one of the raddest museums you'll ever see, and he's got all these weird, like, if Willy Wonka made motorcycles, he's got all these creations of, he's got a double-decker picnic table that's like, uh, I'm going to say the picnic table is a 20 foot long picnic table and it's probably five foot tall because it's a giant picnic table. And then on top of it is another picnic table sitting on top of it. So you sit at this picnic table. We all sit at it. You know, let's just say you can fit probably 20 people down each side or 10 people down each side. And then on top there's another one. And in the back, there's a steering wheel and it's ran with an old shovel head engine and it's got four wheels on it and he drives it around and and you ride on this double decker picnic table run by a shovel head engine. I mean, he's got just <clears throat> the wildest. He's got uh, the timeline bike, which is was in, built when twin cams were still out uh, before the Milwaukee Eight. But it had every year engine that Harley Davidson ever put out in one motorcycle. So it was like sixteen engines all tied into one another they had to be geared because different ones could handle different rpms they had to be all be geared differently up and down to get all the engines to work in unison oh. and it's got 16 16- not <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't even want to know close man. the bathroom door Brittany. i'm not, I'm not even gonna ask <laughs> <laughs> we weren't recording anymore i'm asking i'm asking all the questions oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. We haven't that talked about happened. Jared on this show for a while either. Uh, yeah, you guys haven't had many. Uh, well, Adam, if you haven't been officially welcomed to the Five Duty podcast, you have now. My God. It's <laughs> Tony when you need him. I tell you. Oh. That boy ain't right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Which one, Tony or Jared? Jared. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, close the door. I was just looking docks up. It looks like it's not too too far from Milwaukee. and. All right, no, Dave. Let's put it. Let's put it on our travel list for this summer. That's, well, that's what I'm looking at. I'm thinking is should should I swing by there on my way out? Um, Dude, he's got a great steakhouse. In July, he's, he's got, got a great, great what? Steakhouse. Oh, I thought you said, <laughs> you said stinko. There you go. I told him to come upstairs after that long. Oh, there's Jared. Hey, you're looking thin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel five pounds lighter. Do you have too many beers or something? No, you gotta put your head sideways so you can hear this microphone. Oh, you, I didn't. I Jared, didn't hear the flush. You, you wait till you wait till you watch this back, Jared. The, your your sound effects made the podcast at just the wrong time. And there's there's no one here that's not convinced that you just completely just completely gave birth to a watermelon. So. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. It sounds more like perfect timing to me. No, it was literally the worst <laughs> timing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Check, check the place out. You'll you'll love it. It's the steaks are good. The food's good. He's got fans that go out through his whole restaurant that are all made out of uh, like windshields from Harley Davidsons. Um, oh wow! And those are the fans. And I mean, just. You got to check it out, man. Sounds um, amazing. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah, for sure. I'll have to go sometime, too. I think it's and like I said, it's hours. not just the people. Like, Doc's a very weird, eccentric dude. Like like I said, Willy, if Willy Wonka was into motorcycles, that's Doc. Um, but he is uh, – but it's not just the people. There's great people at so many great dealerships. Um, and, and I wish I could mention them all. But um, the facility, the best in America. And I – I say that with confidence. It's only 140 miles uh, north of Milwaukee, Brian. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Shano, it was again. Yeah, it's just outside of Green Bay. Oh yeah, my my uh, my aunt used to live there. I, I've been up there to see her before when she lived up there. Okay, cool. That's Middle of it. It's like it's six six hours. Okay, we have anything All else, right. Brittany? Um, and I forgot to mention who asked that question. That question was from uh, Belated Binge Podcast. So thank okay. you, B. BP, BBP, BBP. <laughs> um, Chad Adventure Bob says, "What is your favorite regional food or snacks that, that we all must try?" Well, okay, so I have to say green chili in New Mexico because every time I go through New Mexico, I have to have green chili. Um, Louisiana boudin. If you haven't had Louisiana boudin, uh, that is something you definitely got to eat when you're in Louisiana. That sounds like something that Jared just did. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. It looks similar, um, but it's it's delicious. Um, yeah, Louisiana boudin, uh, New Mexico green chili. Um, those are probably my two favorite. All right, there we go. You got to watch that green chili. Yeah, man, get a Christmas baby, red and white, red and green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I made that mistake at. Uh, uh, what was that place? Outside of Alba, it was outside of Albuquerque, Salastinas or something. I don't know what it was. Everybody said just don't get the green chili. So of course, you had to get the green chili. 
Love it. Yeah. That's green chili, baby. Sounded a lot like Jerry. Like Gallup or something? Were you like in Gallup? Mm, it was just a sub suburb of Albuquerque. Okay. Yeah. Closer to Albuquerque. I like Albuquerque. That it? Cool. Is That's that it? it. Is that all we got? So last question. All right. All right. Cool. Awesome. Everybody, thank you for your questions. Make sure you go to 5dirtybikers.com. Click the link on the homepage to go to our Discord. It costs you absolutely nothing. Fucking free. Fucking free. Adam, it was a lot of fun, dude. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. It was good to have you back. Yes. Great to be back. We got to do it more often. Yeah, we can. Is there anything else you got coming up that you want to put out there? Yeah, I think we talked about it, man. Uh, Stubborn American Rally is moving. That's a big rally that, you know, everybody should should be part of. Uh, they do sell out extremely fast. I'm pretty sure I'm already sold out of cabins and RV spots, but uh, we do we do, do uh, a boondocking and stuff like that. So if you got your own power or tent, you can always fit as many tents as possible. Um, my new campground in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, one of my favorite towns in America for sure. Super happy to have a place there. Actually, when I got this place, I did a circle around Eureka like this. I said, I want a campground somewhere around Eureka. And I ended up right down here in the corner with the Cave River Campground three hours away. And now I actually have something in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So I'm super stoked about that. Nice. Cool. Adam, um, does, it, does, does the Cave River have showers? Yeah, man. Okay. Coastlaw yeah, showers, bro. I got a, I got a dozen <laughs> a dozen cabins. Um, a dozen cabins and I think like uh, probably 10 showers. Oh, like like a shot, like a, like shower house or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i got nice. two shower okay. houses with like 10 nice. showers total um nice. and then i've got uh you know a dozen cabins that all have showers too sure sure mm-hmm. awesome cool well we would love to have you come to our meetup which is the last weekend in july in whitewood south dakota so if you're free be great well, to have you there at the iron horse Inn. it's, it's right a, before uh, right before sturgis yeah if i'm free i may be on a convoy oh um but it may be coming through there at that time. Oh, so, oh, cool. well, let's let's talk. That would be cool. Maybe there's some synergy That would there. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I can't release any information on it yet because, like I said, I'm still in some negotiations. But um, Sounds good. It'll be out. But we can't talk about our meetup either then. So, there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we yes, can. And we shall. At the Iron Horse Inn in Whitewood, South Dakota. Love South Dakota. Cool. Yes. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you. you for coming on, Adam. We we really we really appreciate it. We always enjoy having you on. And 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 this time you weren't in your Jeep. I mean, last time we we did the whole podcast from your Jeep. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I I made it home this time. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thank you, thank you very much for for coming on again. We always appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. Till next week, y'all keep it dirty.